If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 79 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the New Year's first episode and my 24th birthday, January 3rd, 2021. Now, let's get started, as always, by giving our shout-out to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them across all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. Next up, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, GruntTalksMLB.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, be sure to follow the mastermind behind that website. His name is Darren, and you could find Darren on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and follow Grunt Talks MLB across all social medias at Grunt Talks MLB. Special thanks to our friends over at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9 for helping to spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. Also, don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees each week and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And also, just one more thing, please don't forget to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. And that would be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and and SoundCloud. Well, guys, as I said before, it is a new year and it is my birthday. What a day and what a week. <laughs> it's always such a fun time for me with Christmas, New Year's, and my birthday all happening within basically a week. Just boom, boom, boom. One after the other after the other. And yeah, not quite the same this time around, as I also said with Christmas, but hey. Still making the most of it. It's still basically my favorite time of the year with those three things being one after the other after the other, and I'm still going to do my best this year to make it a fun time. But with 2021 officially being here, there are some things I want to say before we get into this birthday edition today. But with 2020 being over, I wanted to thank all of you, whether you've listened from the start, hopped on board along the way, or even if today's episode is the first one you're hearing. I sincerely wanted to thank all of you for your support in what was and will probably go down as one of, if not the worst year of lots of people's lives. Definitely up there for me. But through it all, you guys were there, sticking with me, still coming along for the ride, and showing undying love and support for my work, even throughout a year like 2020. And I cannot tell you how much that means to me. 
Now, 2020 did have its positives, like reminding us what's truly important in life for one, like family, our true friends, loved ones, our health and safety, and so on, and also teaching us to appreciate a great deal of other smaller aspects of life that we may have taken advantage of before. Maybe even something as simple as attending a Yankee game at the stadium. Just one example of many. Plus, since I started this show in late May, early June of 2019, 2020 was the first year that Yapping Yankees covered an entire calendar year. What a year for that to happen, right? And not just in 2020, but since this show started, we have covered an awful lot. A lot has happened in the time span of Yapping Yankees' existence. But nonetheless, there's no doubt, in my mind at least, that although it's important to also analyze the positives, as I just did before, there was more bad than good in 2020 in general, if you ask me. And I could not be happier that the year is over. And I know, I know, issues from 2020 have and will continue to carry over into 2021, like COVID and other things. No year is going to be perfect, guys. I'm aware. I'm not dumb. <laughs> But there's definitely a certain weight that's lifted off my shoulders. It's a breath of fresh air, knowing that 2020 is officially behind us. And with that being said, I can tell you one thing. I have strong intentions to kick 2021's ass. Especially after there's already been an awesome start to the year for me, thanks to Cobra Kai Season 3 coming out on New Year's Day at 3 a.m. Eastern Time where I am. And I stayed up all night for that on New Year's Eve headed into New Year's Day because I'm just a humongous Karate Kid and Cobra Kai fan. And they happen to be kind enough to release the new season of Cobra Kai a week early on New Year's Day instead of January 8th, which they originally had the release date for. And my god, even though I didn't get a blink of sleep that night because I literally stayed up all night into the morning, binging the entire season, I can tell you right now, it was beyond worth it. The season was out of this world. I'm still speechless over it. And really quickly, I just cannot thank everybody involved in Cobra Kai enough for giving us this show in the first place, making it better and better somehow each season, and also, of course, releasing it a week early, giving 2021 an amazing start. This was a great start to the year for me. Stayed up all night for that, and again, it was so worth it. Took like a three and a half hour nap from like 9.45 in the morning to like 1.15 in the afternoon. <laughs> so crazy. But hey, if there's a night to do that, wouldn't you say that that night is New Year's Eve? So, again completely worth it if you ask me. I'm a night owl anyway, so it's not hard for me to pull off. And even though I'm recording this show today early so that I could enjoy the rest of my birthday later on with my loved ones, I'm still hanging in there even though I pulled a complete all-nighter. But yes, that was an awesome start to the year, and I'll take the next few days to be catching up on some sleep. But I'm feeling good right now, so it's fine. Even if I didn't, again though, it was worth it. And if you are a huge Cobra Kai fan like me, don't worry, I'm not gonna say a single spoiler on here. Just know that it was remarkable. But me personally, I've been such a huge fan of the Karate Kid movies since I was basically little, especially because I myself did karate years ago. Little fun fact for those who didn't know that. Little birthday fun fact. I earned my black belt, and it was a very special time of my life. And it's a privilege to take those lessons you learn, not just to defend yourself when needed, but to also take the important life lessons with you going forward. And there are a great many of them, if you have the right sensei. But anyway, was always a huge fan of the Karate Kid film. 1, 2, and 3 also, not nearly as much as 1 and 2 though, not even close. And that extended to me being a massive fan of Cobra Kai later down the line of course, because it's a follow-up story to the Karate Kid movies. I just love that universe so much. But in general, TV shows and movies as a whole definitely also played a vital role in helping me and lots of others get through 2020, especially given all the time that so many people spent in the house throughout the year. For me, along with the Karate Kid movies and their follow-up show Cobra Kai, there was Star Wars, 
both re-watching Star Wars Episodes 1 through 6, and having the Clone Wars TV show come back for Season 7 after many years of waiting for that, and that was incredible, and who can forget Season 2 of The Mandalorian coming out too, just unbelievable. Many of you guys know how massive of a Star Wars fan that I am. I also rewatched some of the Marvel movies since the new ones that were supposed to come out this year were pushed back thanks to the virus. I also watched the new season of an Italian show that I love called La Mica Geniale, or My Brilliant Friend in English. That was amazing, and so on and so forth. Just went on a bit of a TV show tangent there, but <laughs> honestly, it's appropriate because on the subject of 2020, again, TV shows and movies and other forms of home entertainment were really important. Important, and I definitely consider them another positive. But again, looking ahead to this year, 2021, I hope you have plans to kick this year's ass like I do. And for me, that includes what I plan on being another great year for Yapping Yankees. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what this year has in store. Which, speaking of plans for this year, I already said this last week, but of course, since this is happening next week, I'm going to remind you that for the next two Sundays, Sunday, January 10th, and Sunday, January 17th, I will be taking two weeks off from Yapping Yankees. So for the next two Sundays after today, there will be no new episodes of Yapping Yankees. First time. I'm taking off in a while. And as I said before, I already gave this announcement originally for the first time on last week's episode, so if you want to hear the entire announcement, then listen back to last week's episode. This is just a quick reminder today that I will be taking off the next two Sundays after today. But there is another announcement that goes hand in hand with this, and that is that I will be going live on Twitter and Instagram, just like I used to with my social media lives, and I really should start doing that again on a somewhat regular basis at least, because because we all used to have a great time when I used to do that somewhat regularly. And maybe I will start doing that again at some point. But especially for now, particularly to ensure that you guys won't be left with no content at all, I will be going live on Twitter and Instagram on the Fridays of the weekends that I will not be doing Yapping Yankees. So that's Friday, January 8th and Friday, January 15th. I will be going live on Twitter and Instagram both of those days, probably around like 7 o'clock. And we'll just sit and hang out and have a good time. We'll do do a Q&A, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, and it'll be a great time. So on Twitter and Instagram, my Twitter, at Mike Scudero. If you don't follow me on there already, go ahead and drop a follow and be sure to tune into the live. And on Instagram as well, you can find me on there at MikeScuds97. Drop a follow there too if you haven't already, and it'll be a good time. So you will be hearing from me, not only just on social media as you usually do in general, but also now when I'm not doing Yapping Yankees, you will also be hearing me on these lives on January 8th and the 15th. So there will still be content coming out of me for the couple of weeks that I will not be doing new episodes of Yapping Yankees on the 10th and the 17th. So if anything crazy is to happen, like DJ returning or DJ signing somewhere else, you'll be able to see my reactions whenever I do the lives. And also, you will definitely get my reaction to it on social media, most likely Twitter, as with everything else. But again, Twitter and Instagram lives on the Fridays of the weekends, I'm not doing Yapping Yankees. And those Fridays will be, again, this this coming Friday, January 8th, and the following Friday, January 15th. I will be going live on Twitter and Instagram around 7 o'clock. I'll be posting reminders about it on social media too, and there will not be a new episode of Yapping Yankees on January 10th next Sunday or the following Sunday on January 17th. Got it? 
Good. <laughs> and if you want to hear, again, if you want to hear the entire announcement originally when I said it last week, because I spoke about it more in depth last week, then listen back to last week's episode. But right now, that's just a quick reminder. But as for today's episode, 2021's first Yapping Yankees episode, and this birthday edition today, it's so cool to be doing this on my birthday. <laughs> it really is. I did mention this as a possibility last week too, and it's pretty much going to hold true today. This episode's going to be a bit shorter, not only because literally nothing happened in Yankees news this past week, nothing at all, but I also do want to spend most of the day just enjoying my birthday. And of course, this is a huge chunk of it, that's why I'm doing it. I absolutely love doing Yapping Yankees. But of course, I would also just like to hang out and lounge out today. It's my birthday. So for both of those reasons, it's probably going to be a shorter episode today than usual. Not guaranteed, but maybe on the shorter side. Especially shorter than last week, that much I can tell you. And things did happen this past week, particularly with the San Diego Padres and their less than 24-hour blitz at the beginning of this past week, trading for Blake Snell with the Rays, trading for you Darvish from the Cubs and their catcher Victor Caratini, or should I say a catcher of theirs, signing a top Korean infield prospect, Ha Sung Kim. He was another infield possibility that a lot of major league teams were looking at alongside guys like DD, Andrelton Simmons, Marcus Simeon, Trevor Story, and the Padres signed him too. So most of the work was done via trade, and really the free agent market remains completely stagnant as it has throughout the entire offseason so far. But the trade market for the most part had some life injected into it with the Padres just blitzing it at the beginning of the week. And those three things I just told you about just now, again, that happened all within 24 hours. The Blake Snell trade with the Rays happened around the exact time I uploaded last week's Yapping Yankees episode on Sunday, which was absolutely wild. And again, just want to give myself a little bit of a pat on the back here, but remember all the times that the starting pitching discussion has come up here on the podcast? More times than I care to count because of how much of a concern the Yankees starting rotation is heading into next year, and when one of those possibilities was mentioned by many people and brought up by me, the possibility for trading for Blake Snell, I pretty much said that I could never see a trade like that happening between the Yankees and the Rays. I just do not see it. And what do you know? I was right again. <laughs> so that happened last Sunday night. Blake Snell headed to San Diego, and then again, within 24 hours, they traded for Yu Darvish and Victor Caratini from the Cubs, and then they signed Ha Sung Kim from Korea. So, absolutely crazy. And then, after the whole Padres situation wrapped up on Monday, on Tuesday, there was a three-way trade between the Phillies, the Rays, and the Dodgers. Hard-throwing bullpen lefty Jose Alvarado headed to Philly, left-handed pitcher Garrett Clevenger goes from Philly to Los Angeles, the Dodgers to be specific, and infielder Dylan Paulson, and a player to be named later at the time, headed from the Dodgers to Tampa. So that even happened. But again, the Padres situation was just so crazy because that let it all off, first of all. And second of all, all of their moves came within less than a day, less than 24 hours. And if for nothing else at all, I really just want to thank the San Diego Padres, even if the free agent market is still stagnant. But overall, the offseason as a whole, trading and signings for the most part, it was all just completely dead up until almost a week ago when the Padres did this 24-hour blitz. So if for nothing else, whether it be tradings or signings, I just really want to thank the Padres for, again, injecting some life into what has been a really dead offseason. It was just awesome seeing so many baseball moves happening all at once, all within such close time frames to one another. And it really just got people everywhere on social media and on every other medium talking about baseball again. And that was awesome to see because we haven't seen too much 
much of that just beyond speculation throughout the entire offseason. It was fun to watch. So if for nothing else, I just want to thank the Padres again for just injecting some life into what has been a mostly, and when I say mostly, basically as close to completely as you could get, a mostly dead offseason. And again, we all anticipated on this offseason being as slow as it's been, but now that we're in the thick of it, it's slow. It really is. It's tough to get through and nothing's happening. So that did happen in the beginning of the week, and I did want to shed some light on that really quickly here in the introduction to the show. But as for the rest of the show, again, even though this introduction is much longer than the introductions to this show usually are, it's probably going to be a shorter episode than usual because I'm not even doing Yankees news today. Nothing in Yankees news happened at all this week. Literally, absolutely nothing. And there were some small reports throughout the week, like an interview that Gary did about this past season, and speculations about Tanaka's potential plans if he doesn't return to the Yankees, and potential other teams interacting with DJ. But given this week's social media segment, that's all stuff that we could just discuss throughout the social media segment, so there's really not much to expand upon that even further in Yankees news, you know what I mean? So all of that discussion can basically just happen in the social media segment, and then after the social media segment, that'll basically be the end of the show. But this week's poll, yes, we're back to doing a poll in the social media segment for this week, ought to create a lot of fun discussion, so it should be a fun show today still. So we'll do the poll segment and talk about a whole lot of fun stuff throughout, and then that'll be it for today. And for that matter, until January 24th, when I come back with episode 80 after my two weeks off. 80 episodes. We're coming up on 80 episodes of this show. How crazy is that? Especially for those of you who have been around since the beginning, back in May or June of 2019. So May or June of this year will be two years ago, and right now we're already approaching episode 80. That's just nuts. But anyway, let's focus on the task at hand, and today that is episode 79. And we've got a fun poll segment, so let's get right to it. We'll begin on Twitter, as we always do. This week's question is... Does the Rays dismantling have you feeling more confident that the Yankees will win the AL East in 2021? And of course, give your thoughts in the comments for a chance at a shout out on the show. So does the Rays dismantling have you feeling more confident that the Yankees will win the AL East in the 2021 season? Because so far this offseason, the Rays lost Charlie Morton to the Atlanta Braves when they signed him to a one-year deal. They lost Blake Snell to the Padres just at the beginning of this past week, as I said before. And then a day after everything happened with the Padres, on Tuesday they traded away Jose Alvarado to the Phillies. So they've lost some people. Not to say that they won't compete in 2021 now, I'm just saying they've lost some people. They've dismantled somewhat. And there were some reports that they were feeling, if they were to receive a proper trade for him, that they'd be willing to give away Kevin Kiermeyer, that he's potentially on the trade block. So that could happen if they get a return that's to their liking. And all of this coming just mere months after they were just in the World Series with the Dodgers. So because of this dismantling of sorts, and their potential plans in the future to possibly do it even more, does that have you feeling more confident in the Yankees' chances of winning the AL East in the 2021 season? And before I get into my take on this question, there were a couple of people who may have misunderstood the question, or maybe thought I was trying to insinuate something else for some reason, or maybe a little bit of both. But there were some people saying, oh, you know, the championship at the end of it is what really matters. Not so much winning the division, because of course, if you do that and you don't win, then it really has no value. And I mean, guys, both on social media and on this show, and I know I'm the only one doing the show, but you get what I mean. But both on social media and on this show, who's been more vocal than me? in stressing that the ultimate goal, the end goal, the only thing that really matters at the end is winning a championship. I'm not devaluing a championship or overvaluing a division title by asking this question. I'm literally just asking out of curiosity because of the Rays' current dismantling and their potential plans in the future to continue doing it possibly, if you think that 
could be a big change in the AL East, and if it gives you more confidence that the Yankees could win it this time around in 2021. It's just about the AL East, that's all. Nothing about a championship or that I'm insinuating a division title is what's most important, or that I'm devaluing a championship. I'm not insinuating worth on either here. We all know that championships are what's truly important. This is just a question as a result of what's been happening with the Rays lately, just about the AL East. So, I don't really know why there was much of a misunderstanding there, if there was in fact one, but in case there was, I'm just clearing that up. Now, as for my opinion on the question, I certainly think the Rays dismantling could at least help a little bit lately, because of course the Rays were a humongous obstacle for the Yankees in 2020, they were a big problem for them, they really had their number. In the regular season, the Yankees only won a couple of games against them, and then of course in the American League Divisional Series, the Rays also eliminated the Yankees. And some loss of talent could definitely help the cause for 2021, yeah, I'll admit that. But at the same time, the Yankees also have a lot of problems of their own to solve before 2000. 2021, all of which we have mapped out throughout this offseason so far. Those problems, just to name a few, are staying healthy. That's first and foremost always, especially given the Yankees' health problems the last few years. They have to re-sign DJ, and if they don't re-sign him, they need to find a suitable replacement for him. We have beaten that subject to death here on the show. And as we've also spoken about virtually every week here on the show, they also need to solve their starting pitching problem. An extra arm out in the bullpen certainly wouldn't hurt. And you know what? I'll even add this to the list. Even keep players who had a bad year last year, or even in years past, it would really help if they made comebacks this year, especially if they're vital to the Yankees' success. It would only massively help the team if such key players did well in 2021. And of course, mainly, I'm sure many of you know who I am already talking about, and that man in particularly is Gary Sanchez. And regardless of how you feel about the guy, as I've said in the past, if he were to have a great season, think of how huge that would be for the Yankees. It would be huge whether you like him or not. And this discussion on Gary Sanchez happens to be a perfect transition into what I wanted to address about him, having to do with certain things he said in an interview from this past week. And it's really small, so I just wanted to address it really quick right now. Not really worth dedicating a ton of time to it in Yankees news later if we were to have a Yankees news segment, which, again, we're not. But, anyway, from this past week, Gary Sanchez spoke about his 2020 season. He gave his thoughts about what he thought about being benched, they asked him about the criticism he received, and just everything. And pretty much in response to all of it, he started his answer by saying that baseball is a game of failure, which he's right about. People struggle in baseball all the time, and you fail more than you succeed. We all know this. That's one of the first things you learn as a baseball fan. So you agree with him there, and I've said time and again throughout the last couple of months since the offseason started that I appreciate the work he is putting in since the offseason began. And of course, I speak of him doing winter ball in the Dominican Republic. He stayed consistent with it, and at many times, he's done very well. He's shown strides offensively, and he's really putting in the work to turn himself around for 2021 because we all know the kind of season he had in 2020. But apparently in some aspects, Gary doesn't really understand that. And I'm not really saying that to be an antagonist or an instigator. I know Gary Sanchez acknowledges that he had a bad 2020, but he said something in this interview that I just don't agree with. And when addressing the benching in the playoffs and the criticism that he received because of his performance in 2020, Gary said that he just didn't really understand it as much, especially the criticism. And that really makes me scratch my head. 
I'll just say this much on it, because I've said this over and over too, but I want to stress that in the past, I've defended Gary a great deal. I really have. Everybody in my personal life knows that, and I've also had Gary's back often here on the show before 2020. I truly have, quite a bit in the past. But I'm sorry, whether you like it or not, I tell it like it is. And when we talk about Gary's 2020 season, I've told it like it was. It was miserable. So I just gotta say this, I doubt Gary's listening to this right now, but if for some reason he's to stumble upon this podcast, I don't know. But if for some reason he is to hear this, for whatever reason, Gary, you cannot say that you do not understand the criticism about your 2020 performance. My guy, it was a chore to watch you play baseball. There is an astronomical difference between it being a game of failure and what happened to you in 2020, which, to just use one word for it, could be described as abysmal. Granted, yes, we know it was a weird season. As we've said countless times on the show, you can attribute the struggles of lots of guys this past season to that. But regardless, that wasn't just a situation of being a game of failure, as you put it. That was failure, almost all the way through. Again, I respect the hell out of everything you've done this offseason. I've said that multiple times. I appreciate whenever a person looks themselves in the mirror, acknowledges that they messed up, or that they need to improve in something, and they put in the work to try to turn themselves around. It's respectable. You acknowledge there's a problem, and you do your best to correct it. And you're doing that. But you cannot go to the media and say that you do not understand the criticism. Now, I will admit, a lot of the criticism is out of line. People calling him fat and all this stuff, saying that he's lazy and he doesn't care. Because to me, someone who doesn't care would not be playing winter ball and spending all winter to try to turn himself around. So, I don't think he's fat or lazy because otherwise he wouldn't be working to improve himself. But criticism, like regular criticism, like mine, just telling it like it is, saying how awful you did in 2020, and also saying, and this goes for anybody who feels this way, but also saying, that Gary did not deserve to be benched for somebody like Higashioka who was producing at the time, then I'm sorry, but you just weren't paying attention. You really weren't. The criticism about Gary Sanchez's 2020 performance, like my criticism, is completely fair. I really don't care what anybody says. The guy had an awful season and I'm not going to hear any debate on it. The numbers are there and they don't lie. I do not sit here and blindly defend people who do not deserve the defense. So, Gary... Not understanding fair criticism, I do not understand how you don't understand that, and I don't think I will ever understand that. You had a horrible year, dude. That's that. I really don't know how else to put it. We've said it many times. But personal criticism and people calling you lazy and fat and you don't care, then yeah, since you're putting in the work this offseason, I would understand why you would have a problem with people saying that. But the criticism towards your 2020 season, like my criticism, if you don't understand that, then I guess you and anybody else who feels that way just wasn't paying attention attention. You were doing horrible. And yes, you had your moments, as does anybody. I would hope you at least have your moments. You are a professional baseball player, after all. But Kyle Higashioka deserved to play there. And that's all there is to it. You gotta do what's best for the team. And at the time, what was best for the team was for Kyle Higashioka to catch. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the end of the discussion. But circling back to the original question, and that's what this was all in reference to, do I think the Rays' recent dismantling and potential future dismantling helps the Yankees in their chances to win the AL East in 2021? Yeah, I think it helps a little bit. The Rays were obviously a major problem in 2020, and even before that, they always seemed to play the Yankees hard and manage to be competitive. So I think losing some talent does definitely help, but not nearly as much as what the Yankees need to do, and if they addressed the issues they have, how much that would help. 
help them. So ultimately, while I think it helps a little bit, I would have to say no, because even though the Rays did lose some talent, I still expect them to be competitive. They are a tough, scrappy team. And again, while I admit the dismantling could help a little bit, not to the point of being a division changer. Again, the Yankees have a lot of issues to address. Staying healthy, re-signing DJ, and again, if he doesn't come back, finding a suitable replacement for him. Starting pitching, the extra arm out in the bullpen certainly couldn't hurt. And Gary Sanchez and a lot of other key players that may have slumped last year or in years past, if they were to have comeback years, think of how much that would help. So although I think it helps a little, not enough to change the outcome of an entire division, in my opinion. So I guess I'm saying yes and no, but I lean more towards no a bit. So with that being said, after another long explanation, let's see how you guys voted. And then after that, see how you guys replied down in the comments and hear your thoughts. So, of course, for the poll question, the two choices to choose from were either yes or no. Once more, the question was, does the Rays dismantling have you feeling more confident that the Yankees will win the AL East in 2021? And of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of votes that came in, 61% of you voters here on Twitter voted for the choice of yes, that it does have you feeling more confident in the Yankees winning the AL East in 2021, and the remaining 39% of you voted for the choice of no. So quite a bit more of you, pretty confident in 2021, thanks to the Rays dismantling. Let's hear some thoughts down in the comments. Got a ton of replies, but I'm probably going to get to about 10 or 15 like usual. To start off the replies today here on Twitter, we have at MD Nelly, and he says, first, I feel like the Rays always have a plan, but secondly, and more importantly, I don't see that the Yanks do. I have no faith in this rotation as it is currently constructed. I mean, I can respect that because I don't really have a lot of faith in the rotation either if they're not to make a move. We've spoken about it ad nauseum, how much they need to. We've spoken about all the options out there, which also reminds me that there was actually some news on Trevor Bauer this past week too, that he'd be seeking around five to six years, anywhere from 36 to 40 million a year in range and price. And that is... <laughs> That's a lot of money. I mean, I'm a fan of Trevor Bauer. I've said that many times. I am a fan of the guy, but I'm not sure he's worth that much money. We've said time and again, the New York Yankees are the New York Yankees, and they can break the bank if they want. But that is a lot of money for Trevor Bauer, which even more supports my reasoning now that I've said for weeks on end that I do not think we will see Trevor Bauer in a Yankee uniform. And when that report came out about how much money he's seeking, and even the length on the contract too, I was under the impression he was only seeking like a year or two. But when that came out, that only made me feel like my statement about not seeing him in pinstripes was more or less confirmed because I just don't see the Yankees giving him that money at all. But yeah, man, I don't really have any faith in the rotation as constructed either. As we've said many times, lots of question marks outside of Cole. They gotta do something. Next, we have at Laker 477, and he says, Yes, it definitely puts the Yankees in a better position to win the division, but I'd feel even more confident if Cashman would get off his ass and make some moves, like re-signing LeMahieu and adding another quality starting pitcher. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many times I've said that for the past few weeks, basically since the offseason began. Said that time and time again. Those have got to be the top two priorities of the offseason. So, you know I agree with that. 
But again, also, as I said before, while I am leaning no if I were to be a voter here, I do also feel like, yeah, it does help the Yankees at least a little bit that the Rays have somewhat dismantled here, but they also have a lot of their own work to do. And that's exactly what you've said, and I completely agree. Next, we have Rebecca at Peace Now for Life, and Rebecca says, Yes, the dismantling of the Rays helps the Yankees' chance of winning the division, but they need to better the team if they want to go deep into the playoffs or World Series. Pitching needs to be addressed and re-sign DJ. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, as you heard with my explanation earlier and replies before yours. I agree. At Andrew Caruso 77 is next, and he says, The Rays lost Morton and traded Snell. Those two guys carried their staff for the past few years, and losing them is a big blow. Their bullpen is okay. The lineup is very solid. Choi, Diaz, Arozarena, and Lau are the big pieces, but they aren't all-star caliber. Well, yeah, Charlie Morton had a good year with the Rays in 2019, and 2020, even though he still had the Yankees number, overall, he wasn't that great. But with the Yankees, yet again, even going back to his Houston days, he definitely had their number. He was a big problem for them. So, having seen him leave the AL East to go to the NL East and the National League, so the Yankees will be seeing even less of him, that's really good. And even though the Yankees have had their fair share of good games against Snell, they've also had their bad games, and he was a big piece for the Rays, even though it was tough to tell that when they would barely let him go past five innings, particularly in the playoffs and in that big last game in the World Series. But yeah, that's definitely two pretty big pieces of talent, leaving the Rays, for sure. And yeah, their lineup is solid. Choi is just a Yankee killer, especially off of Garrett Cole. Diaz is solid. Arena turned into Babe Ruth in the playoffs. And Lau is pretty solid, too, even though he just died in the playoffs for the most part. He was just dead. But a talented guy. And their bullpen even took a little bit of a hit with the loss of Jose Alvarado. But yeah, the Rays are still solid. They'll find ways to compete, but we'll see how much losing these pieces of talent really affected them, and if they're to lose more. Because, as I also said earlier, if the return is to their liking, there have even been reports that they would even be willing to give away somebody like Kevin Kiermeyer, who has been a centerpiece on their team for years now. So it definitely ought to be interesting. Up next is my good friend Kate, at NYY underscore Kate, and she says, No. No DJ. No addition to starting pitching yet. We have trouble shutting down the Rays' bats, and we even struggled against the Blue Jays. Yeah, that's a good point. The Blue Jays could end up being a problem, too. The Yankees really struggled against them, especially in Buffalo in 2020. My God, was it a nightmare playing there in 2020. I dreaded when the Yankees had to go to Buffalo. But yes, the Blue Jays have a great young core there. They're looking to get even better by talking to a lot of solid guys on the market right now, like George Springer, Trevor Bauer. They've even been one of the teams apparently in contact with DJ, too. So yeah, they already got a really solid young core, and there are some areas of the team that could certainly use improvements still, like the pitching, which is why they're in contact with somebody like Trevor Bauer, and they could still use improvements in other areas. The bullpen could probably use a little bit of help. So while they could certainly use a bit of help, under the radar, they could still definitely give the Yankees a little bit of a problem, especially if they get the help that they're looking for this offseason. So definitely a good point, Kate. Do not sleep on the Blue Jays. And yes, of course, with the Rays, the Yankees just not only struggled with putting down their bats at times, but just overall, the Rays really had their number this year. But yes, of course, you're also right about the other things. The Yankees have a lot of their own work to do, namely the aspects that I myself mentioned, and a lot of the replies before you too, addressing re-signing DJ and the starting pitching. They got to do it. That means more to me. Next is at Allen underscore 317, and Allen says, if all else remains the same, splitting the season series with the Rays puts this team at 105 to 110 wins and puts many more games in Yankee State in October.
October. I think it's huge. Well, if they keep the Rays at bay, then yeah, that would certainly help things just overall, not just in the division. But 105 to 110 wins. <laughs> it's a lot of wins for a team that may or may not be keeping DJ and has not done anything with the starting pitching yet and has tons of question marks outside of Garrett Cole. The Yanks haven't won that many games in a long time. So I don't know about that many, but yeah, I think the Rays dismantling does help at least a little bit, as I said before. But 105 to 110, that's... That's bold. All right, let's keep going. I want to get as many in as I can today. Up next is at ChineseIrish23, and they say, I was confident before the Rays started dismantling. All right, some confidence. I respect that. Up next is at NYYFanForever96, and he says, if we get another pitcher, then yes, but if we have the same team as last year, then no. Well, regardless, I don't think we'll have the exact same team as last year, because you have to see what they do with Tanaka, even Paxton, even though Paxton missed a chunk of the season. But for the most part, if you were to bring DJ back, and you were to bring Tanaka back, but then if you stop there, that's more or less the same team as last year, so I guess in that case, that's when you'd be saying no, that it wouldn't do much. I mean... I respect that because I myself have said that I feel that the Yankees should at least get DJ and Tanaka back and then maybe even look at another starter because, yeah, I've said it a million times. I think the Yankees starting pitching needs a lot of help. So as I've expressed many times in the past, I would love to see them get Tanaka back at a friendly price and then maybe even go after another starter, whether it be through trade or signing. And speaking of Tanaka, another report that I mentioned earlier that I sort of teased in the intro a little bit that I said I would bring up at least throughout the poll segment, there was another report during the week that came out that said if Tanaka does doesn't re-sign with the Yankees, then he would probably return to Japan, which was very interesting to hear. I mean, listen, I'm not surprised to hear that. I, for one, have always said I thought Tanaka is the epitome of a Yankee. How he plays, everything he represents, how much of a workhorse he's been, what he's done for this team throughout the years in October. So if that report is in fact true, and he does return to Japan if the Yankees don't re-sign him, then I respect it. I would miss the guy. I would certainly mostly miss his durability and work ethic, but I respect that it seems like it would be tough for him to imagine being in any other uniform here in the United States, and if it weren't to be a Yankee uniform, then he would just go back home. But we'll have to see what happens. It would definitely be a little strange not seeing Tanaka on this team again, regardless of how you feel about the guy. It would be a little weird. He's been here a lot of years. I remember when the Yankees signed him back in 2014. God, seven years ago now that 2021 is here. That is... <laughs> time really flies, man. All right, let's continue on. Don't get distracted, Mike. <laughs> Next is at Ange, NY Yankee Girl, and she says, it helps with winning the division. All right, so you are confident that it helps. Fair enough. Next is at Da Poetical, and they say it doesn't compromise their offense, though. Well, yes, their current losses have not. They lost two starting pitchers in Morton and Snell and one bullpen guy in Jose Alvarado. But if the rumors are true about Kevin Kiermaier reportedly being on the trade block, if they're to get a return they like, then that would definitely hit their offense. Kevin Kiermaier, I consider to be a big centerpiece on their team, both offensively and especially defensively. I mean, the guy's incredible out there in center field. But yeah, as for now, it does not impact their offense, but we'll see what happens for the rest of the offseason. Up next is at 1325 Bent, and they say yes, very confident, but that's not the Yankees' top goal. At this point, with a $300 million DH and an ace pitcher, they need to get to the World Series or it's a major disappointment. Yeah, this is what I was talking about before when some people seem to think that, I don't know, I may have been 
overvaluing a division title and saying that the main goal is to win the division. And no, that's not what I'm saying. I've said many, many times that the division winning that is just a stepping stone on the way to the ultimate goal, winning a championship, because we all know that that's what's most important, especially for the Yankees. So yeah, I'm not saying the division title is the most important thing. I really don't know where that was misunderstood. But yes, I agree. Obviously, that's not the ultimate goal. But yeah, it could help in the AL East. It could. But the World Series, yes, ultimately, that's the goal. Next is at Robert Porubsky, and Robert says, yes, but at the same time, I'm very concerned about the rotation after Cole. (laughs) Amen. I am too. Up next is Erica Michelle at Walls of Jerica. (laughs) I like that little plan, Walls of Jericho there. I'm sorry, I'm a wrestling nerd. Anyway, she said, that and an actual 162-game season. The Rays capitalized on the short season with that pen. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we don't really know what would have happened in a 162-game season in 2020, so I don't really like to say, yeah, that would have happened if there was 162 games, or that wouldn't have happened if there was 162 games. Because honestly, we don't know. So I don't know if they did capitalize in the shortened season overall, not just with the pen, or maybe just with the bullpen. I don't really know. I don't really like to go there because there's no way of knowing that. So I guess we'll see what happens when the season does return to normal. We'll never know with last year's Tampa Bay squad because, of course, they just lost a few people in Alvarado, Snell, and Morton. But we'll see in the future. Next is at Mike R. Plysons, and he says, So far, no. Yanks need to re-sign DJ and Tanaka in order to only keep running in place. Betting on the kids pitching is dreaming, despite their potential. The Yankees haven't developed a starter who has been consistently good over several years since Pettit. Well, if he comes back like the Sevy that we all know him to be, I think there's a possibility that Sevy could prove to be that next developed starter that's good over the course of many years. But as of this moment, of course, that's a big if. But as far as what they need to do, yeah, if you've been listening to this show since the beginning of the offseason, <laughs> you know I share the exact same opinion. At Julian Gallarde, one is up next, and Julian says, yes, but the Yankees still need to re-sign DJ and add starting pitching. Amen. This seems to be the dynamic a lot throughout the replies, and I agree with all of you. All right, let's maybe just get a few more in. Up next, we have at MountainGal456, my good friend Tina, and Tina says, no, the Yankees still have to take care of their own business. As Jeter once said, that's still a professional team over there. Absolutely. And especially a low payroll, scrappy, hardworking team like the Rays. Yeah, absolutely. And they are very much a professional team. Absolutely, Tina. And the Yankees definitely have their own business to attend to. Absolutely. Completely agree. Love it. Up next is at Medic968, and they say, no, Morton wasn't really a factor, Choice still hits bombs off Cole, a Rosarena is for real, their bullpen is still nasty, and they are not lacking quality arms in their system. Plus, the Yankees are a weaker team right now as well. My answer could change depending on the offseason. Well, yeah, of course, it all depends on the future and what happens going forward. There's still, of course, plenty of time to go. The end of the offseason will be here before we know it because time flies, but as of now, there is still time to go. I mean, Morton was pretty much a factor, especially against the Yankees, because even going back to his Houston days, Morton just always seemed to have the Yankees number. So I'm not sure I totally agree with that. Choi definitely hits bombs off Cole. He kills Garrett Cole. A Rosa Reina, I definitely am curious to see more of because he only really became a big thing in the playoffs in 2020. Granted, that's exactly when you want to become a big thing. That's when real names are made in October. But we only really did see him blow up in the playoffs in 2020. So I definitely am very curious to see more of him. And yeah, bullpen arms, pitchers in their system all around. Yeah, the Rays have a great deal of talent and they're great at developing it. So yeah, sort of agreed with most of the 
of the things you said, but a thing or two there I kind of disagree with, especially Morton not really being a factor. I think especially against the Yankees, he still had their number. At Laura underscore Eismont is up next, and Laura says, yes, the Yankees have the edge over the Rays winning the AL East in 2021. However, the Yankees also need to make the necessary moves in order to capitalize on this opportunity, like re-signing DJ and adding another pitcher. As I said to all previous replies like yours, Laura, amen. You know, I agree. At Savage Empire Pod says addition by subtraction, but the Yanks can't rest on that alone. There are giant holes on this roster. Yep, the Yankees have their own business to take care of, for sure. At A. Cambo says yes, but we want to win a chip. Again, <laughs> of course, that's the goal, obviously. Yeah, this is why I addressed what I did before I started this segment, because, I don't know, some people seem to think that I was saying that winning the division is the ultimate goal, not what I was saying at all. Next is at Law 99 and they say a huge yes, but the Yankees' problem is pitching, so all the other AL East teams will have to ditch their hitters to really help the Yankees out directly. Yeah, no doubt that their main problem is pitching, for sure. Definitely the biggest overall problem on this team. All offseason long, we have spoken about the starting pitching at great length. All right, let's try to fit in a couple of more here. Up next, we have at YankeeFan1551, and they say the New York Yankees still need to address their own pitching issues. Starting pitching and bullpen help are needed. The Rays dismantling saddens me as a baseball fan. The team is owned by billionaires. They can afford the payroll, but play the small market poverty card, and I'm sick of it. Well, that's just really been how the Rays operate. They've never really been huge spenders. And as we've also seen throughout the years, especially by the look of Tropicana Field, Tampa Bay ain't really a baseball town either. Not unless the Yankees are in town. But yeah, while they may be able to afford signing a big contract or doing a big trade, they've always valued prospects very high, developing players, keeping the payroll small and doing a lot with very little, and they've always seemed to pride themselves on that, so I really would not expect them to be spending big bucks quite frequently, if at all. That's just never really been the way the Rays operate. Next is my good friend Stacy at Official Stacy, and Stacy says, not exactly, but making it past that is not going to happen, so it doesn't even matter. If we can't win it all, it's worth nothing. Sick and tired of participation trophies. Well, yes, again, I'm not arguing that championships are the end goal and what's most important. Of course they are. Nobody has been more vocal than me on that matter, especially after the season ended with the mentality the Yankees were putting out there and how crazy it made me. I literally did an entire episode on that earlier in the offseason, if you recall. I think I even titled it Change the Mentality, so I spent plenty of time on that. But yeah, as far as what they would do past that, only time will tell that. Of course, I hope they go all the way. That's what I hope every year. All right, one more, one more, one more. Let's see. At Blue Russian 35, and they say no, because I don't trust the Yankees rotation. The Rays had a guy named Fleming who pitched real well for them. It seems they can just pluck good pitchers out of their system. Yeah, as I said to the other person earlier, the Rays just really pride themselves on the development of prospects, even trading for prospects. That's basically what they did in the Snell trade, and they are really, really good at making a lot out of very little. And yeah, as I've echoed over and over and over and over and over and over again, <laughs> I also do not trust the Yankee rotation outside of Garrett Cole either. And I agree with a lot of what many of you said here on Twitter, that while the dismantling of the Rays recently and the potential future dismantling could maybe help the Yankees in winning the division in 2021... 
they definitely have a lot of their own business to take care of and should definitely worry about that a lot more. And if they don't do enough, then the dismantling of the Rays is only going to do so much. But in any event, I want to thank each and every single one of you here on Twitter for interacting with this week's social media segment. It was definitely nice to finally get back to doing a poll this week, and as always, it was awesome to hear your thoughts. I tried to get to as many of you as I could. If I didn't get to you, you know the drill. Just keep on commenting every single week on the social media segments, and I will try my best to get to you. And if you want to see the replies for yourself on Twitter, then just head over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Just scroll down to my timeline, find the social media tweet, and you'll find all the comments, of course, in the replies to the tweet. And you could read them all to yourself, whether I got to them here on the show today or not. And you could do that for every social media segment every week. All right, let's move on to Instagram, and then we will end the show for today. Same question applies, obviously. Does the Rays dismantling have you feeling more confident that the Yankees will win the AL East in 2021? And of course, the two choices like on Twitter to choose from are yes or no. And the results were pretty similar to Twitter as far as voting and the percentages between the two choices. But as far as the two choices themselves, the same choice won on Instagram that won on Twitter. And that is the choice of yes. Here on Instagram, of all the votes that came in, 56% voted for the choice of yes and 44% voted for the choice of no. So let's hear some thoughts here on Instagram. First up, we have my good friend James Celestin, the Dark Knight 025, or better known on Twitter as at BlackRebirth52. And James says, I think it depends on what the Yankees do, because the Rays are very good at developing talent and especially starting pitching. We need to address the rotation and bringing back DJ and bench depth before I feel confident. Absolutely, James, as I've well mapped out this segment and as many others have well mapped out as well, the Yankees have a lot of their own work to do. And for a lot of people, including myself, until they address those things, then... As far as I'm concerned, the Rays dismantling can only do so much. Next, we have another good friend of mine, Christian at Vamos Yankees, and he says, even if the Yankees win the AL East, they don't have enough right now to win it all. Yeah, I I unfortunately have to agree with that. As of right now, before they've made any big, big moves, yeah. As of this moment, the Yankees are not a championship caliber team, so I unfortunately have to agree with you there. Up next is CJ Lawler 95, and CJ says, neither yes nor no, Tampa will find a way to compete with New York. Yeah, you have to imagine because it always does feel like that no matter who the Rays have on their team, they always seem to just play people hard. That's just their MO, so I agree with you. They'll find a way to compete, but it's just a matter of how much they do compete, of course. All right, a couple more. Up next, we have my amazing girlfriend, Vic Salimo, and Vic says, unless the Yanks re-sign DJ and get a starting pitcher to back up Cole, then no, they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, Vic, you know, I agree with that. DJ and starting pitching, for sure. And I figured I'd save this for this reply because I know how much you love DJ, Vic. He's like your favorite player ever. And not to give you any anxiety, but as I also said at the beginning of the show, I said I would mention this too because there were reports of another team apparently being in contact with DJ. And that team apparently happens to be the Dodgers now, which is pretty worrisome because we know the Dodgers are definitely willing to spend a lot of money. And DJ is asking for quite a bit right now, so maybe the Dodgers are willing to pay that. I don't know. I mean, I'm still trying to remain confident and really praying that DJ comes back to the Yankees. You all know that. DJ has hands down been a top player on this team for a couple of years now, and there's simply no debating that. But that report did come out this past week, so that's about the third team specifically that we've heard named in being involved with DJ talks alongside the Mets, 
the Blue Jays especially, and now the Dodgers. So we'll see what comes of this and who ends up with DJ, and also what the Yankees do about addressing starting pitching. Both very, very important things as we've well established. And last but not least, as we do every week, we end the social media segment with my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero. And even though I may be a little biased on that, I don't really care. She's awesome. But anyway, my mom says, I certainly think that the Yankees have their work to do 100% either way. But I do feel that the Rays were a big obstacle to the Yankees last season. I like that there's a chance that they won't be as big of a problem this year. Why would you dismantle a great team? But who cares as long as it's not my Yankees dismantling? Sign DJ already. Well, yeah, we can only hope with DJ, especially now since the Dodgers are apparently in on the mix. But yeah, Ma, you're absolutely right about the Yankees having their own work to do 100%. Absolutely. And the Rays definitely were a big obstacle, no doubt about it, especially last season, but just in general for years now, they've always seemed to play the Yankees hard. So any bit of big talent that they lose is certainly nice to see, but especially in this case, why would they dismantle? Well, it's probably because they're a smaller market team and especially because the financial losses of the pandemic, they're owners probably lost a bit of money, and you have to imagine it's harder for a smaller market team than it is for a bigger market team like the Yankees, for instance. So I imagine it's partially maybe because of that, but also because Tampa Bay, as many people have also said alongside me, really takes pride in the development of their talent and doing a lot with very little. Again, that's just been their MO over the years, and it almost completely paid off in 2020 when they nearly won the World Series against the Dodgers. They took the series to Game 6, and many people would argue that, who knows, maybe it could have even gone 7 if they didn't make that decision with Blake Snell, some might argue. Of course, we'll never know for sure, but sometimes it just makes for discussion. It was also a good thing that it didn't go seven because of the whole mess with Justin Turner testing positive towards the end of game six, but you know what I'm saying. But regardless, thank you for your reply, Mom, and thank you to the rest of you here on Instagram, and also once again over on Twitter for all of your replies. You guys know that I cannot put into words how much I appreciate your interactions every single week, and each of you always make the social media segments a blast week in and week out. But before we end this birthday edition today, guys, I do want to remind you once more about what's happening the next two weeks with Yapping Yankees. So once again, remember, there will be no new episode next Sunday or the Sunday after that, January's 10th and the 17th. But also to ensure that you guys aren't left with no content at all, please also remember that I will be going live on Twitter and Instagram like I used to around 7 o'clock on both January's 8th and 15th, the Fridays of the weekends that I will not be coming out with new episodes of Yapping Yankees. So again, that's the 8th and the 15th. I will be going live on Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter, at Mike Scudero. Instagram is MikeScuds97. Please be there. It's going to be a good time. You will still be hearing from me, both on social media and on these lives, of course, throughout the next two weeks where there will not be new episodes of Yapping Yankees. So again, I'm taking off of Yapping Yankees on the 10th and the 17th. And I'll be back with a brand new episode on January 24th. So I just wanted to remind you about that once more. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 79 of Yapping Yankees today. But before we end, of course, let's give our final shoutouts of the day to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. 
Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter at YankeeReport28. And you can follow Grunt Talks across all social medias at grunttalksmlb. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball9 for helping to spread the word every single week about yapping Yankees. And also, guys, obviously be sure to follow me on all social media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds97. And I would also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel. That channel continues to grow. Keep on subscribing and keep on watching on there. But of course, also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you might have missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 79 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, and for the first time this year, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you in three Sundays, guys. That's January 24th, when I come at you with episode 80 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and Yankees, re-sign DJ. Gonna keep on doing it every week. Enjoy your next couple of weeks, guys. I'll see you guys on Twitter and Instagram Live in five days on the 8th, and then on the following Friday, the 15th. Otherwise, I'll talk to you for episode 80 on the 24th. And now I am off to enjoy my birthday. Stay safe and take care, my friends. (laughs) 